0: Hi everybody and welcome to Lightspace podcast episode. I think this is number five, but correct me if I'm wrong. So this episode is all about the good, the bad and the ugly of relationships. So the main thing is just about relationships and mental health. I have a special guest who has come to tell her own personal story. So if we give a little warm welcome to Rakia. <laughs> hey girl, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Perfect. So, Rakia's g- basically bravely came, offered to come onto Lightspace and tell her own personal story and um, what she's been through in quite a volatile um, s- situation, basically. So, my first kind of question for you is I don't know if you guys, if you want to give a little background on your story, maybe to kind of like let the listeners know what the situation was, and we'll kind of just go from there in terms of questions.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, I'd met someone when I was 14, um, and I was in a relationship for about 14, 15, 16. To about 19 is she? Mm-hmm. Um That's and wow. Yeah, it was a while. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, it was a long-term relationship for such a young child as well. Yeah. And that was in my formative years. Um so yeah, I was in a relationship. Just to pull it out there, it wasn't actually a physical physical abusive relationship with mm-hmm. kind of narrative of abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. And my relationship was actually emotionally abusive. Okay. Um and I know a lot of people say that it's actually worse in some ways mm-hmm. the, the emotional abuse is worse than the physical abuse yeah um because you're constantly living in fear of that person hurting you yeah or, you know constantly putting you down um so yeah that was that's how, how long the relationship lasted for kind of on and off um well sorry
0: <laughs> so w- when was there anything okay so you okay so let's go from the beginning so you said mm. obviously you was in a relationship for 14 obviously 14 is quite a young age to be in a relationship was there anything that had happened that kind of made you like attracted? Was he older than you? Yeah, was he was he... older than me. Okay, yeah. well, so was that kind of a factor when you, how many years older, if um, you don't mind me asking?
1: Three, four years older than Right, me. okay, yeah. so was that
0: kind of a factor for you when like you had met him? Um, was the age like a big thing? or was there something else? Because I know sometimes when people look at relationships at such a young age, because I well looking back now, 14, I can't remember what I was in at 14. Mm. I know I was talking to boys, <laughs> w w, but I wasn't, I don't know, I think I was in a full, I didn't get into like my first full relationship so I was like probably like 16 or something. So was there anything that kind of made you more enticed to him to go out with him at 14?
1: Yeah, so, um, so I was seeing him at the age of 14 and I thought like maybe when he was like 15 or 16 mm. and then he asked me out officially. Yeah. But anyway, in my head I was committed to this one yeah. person from the age of 14. Um, I think I, I'm a self-professed relationship kind of person. Mm-hmm. I've changed throughout the years, yeah. but I love a relationship. Yeah. Um, and I grew up with my mum um, and my dad not being in a very good relationship, mm-hmm. quite toxic. Yeah. Um, and then I witnessed my mum in a lot of relationships with different men. Yeah. And that kind of, because I'm a resilient person, I always want to make a change. Yeah. So I think from a very young age, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be in a successful relationship and no matter what, I'm going to make it work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there was definitely red flags from the start. Maybe, t- maybe like a year within into the relationship. Yeah. But that didn't matter because I was gonna make it work, you know, I saw his flaws and all oh, I don't mind. I'm, yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm fifteen. <laughs> yeah, you feel like you can wise I think sometimes as women we feel
0: like we see these flaws in men from the get go and we feel like we're saviours and we should just fix mm. their problems. But in reality it's really not up to us. And mm. I think you only realise that obviously when you're a lot older and mature and wiser. Yeah, yeah. you you realise, you know what actually I ain't my my job to fix you. Yeah we're in a relationship and yeah I always build you and stuff but at the same time, you should also want that if you want mm. this to work. Mm. Um, so no, so so you you think it's mainly based on like seeing your mom in certain relationships and trying to just not basically be the opposite
1: yeah yeah and also at a young age you you want a father figure and mm. where he was older than me mm-hmm. that was my father figure mm-hmm. um and just to make it clear with a lot of abusive men i think sometimes again people have this narrative of they're like big scary people every day he's coming in for throw, throwing you up against the wall that's not the case sometimes it can be really really nice mm. um and that might last for a long period of time mm-hmm. and then the next minute they switch and they're angry so it's not you know an abusive man isn't someone who's constantly scary. Do you know what I mean? So there's a, it's quite manipulative, isn't it? Yeah, they very kind of manipulative, know. yeah. Do you think,
0: do you think he knew in the, do you think that's his nature? So do you feel like Feel like when you guys had met that he knew, okay, I could try and manipulate her because she's young, or do you just think that's just generally like, that's
1: just how he is, that's his personality? Mm, good question. Um, I think people are quite multidimensional. So mm-hmm. he's very much aware of his actions. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to ever like kind of... Um, say that he's not aware of them mm-hmm. because he, you know as an abusive person you know what you're doing you're taking advantage of someone yeah um he of course has his own journey his own reasons as to how he got here yeah obviously, um yeah. and again that's not to that's not the cue for women to save men and be like yeah. let me change you yeah you can't change but anybody. it's also about
0: understanding isn't
1: it because sometimes
0: yeah. obviously me working in mental health i always kind of say you have to separate the person from the diagnosis mm-hmm. so obviously look yeah their diagnosis is wow but then look at the person and kind of see how they've got to that diagnosis yeah. or how they have occurred within that. Do you know what I mean? Same way with people going to prison, for example. Mm-hmm. A lot of prisoners have had a lot of trauma happen, yeah. which is why our jails are overcrowded when really treated. Some of these people should just be rehabilitated, but that's <laughs> just another story for another day. Don't get me started about <laughs> prison reform and criminal justice system in this country. We can go again. Yeah. <laughs> but for like that, and it's, it's when you have to kind of separate that person so you understand what they've done is wrong, but you also need to understand why they are doing that behavior yeah I'm guessing you're trying
1: yeah to say. yeah exactly that perfect so
0: in terms could you go into that like a little bit as much as you want a little bit more detail about how like how it started or how you knew it was emotional abuse
1: yeah well <laughs> it's funny i was thinking about it on the way here it happened such a long time ago mm-hmm. and also trauma kind of makes you forget things yeah so i don't really know when things started to change yeah I remember at certain points I felt like I was walking around eggshells around him okay um and looking back now that was anxiety yeah um so I remember it got kind of got to a point where the relationship between me and my mum were, was a bit rocky and mm-hmm. um, so I used to spend a lot of time with him mm-hmm. and said so, you know a partner would hope a partner would identify that you know maybe we should mend this relationship but he used that as, uh, as an opportunity to kind of bridged the gap a bit more between you and your mom. yes mm. exactly that um, so then I was isolated and then right. all of a sudden yeah. my friends became an issue do you know what I mean oh don't rank, hang around with her she's I don't know I don't know what the word was back in the day, Jezzy, or (laughs) the equivalent, do you know what I mean? Wow, I haven't heard that word in a minute. I'm showing my my age. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hang around with her, you know what, she's not good for you. Um, And then it got to a point where it was, it was actually easier to listen to him than kind of rebel against him and go out with my friends. So now I became isolated. And Mm -hmm. then my friends, obviously at a, a young age, they don't understand that I'm in an abusive relationship. Yeah so they were kind of distancing themselves away from me just Mm -hmm. thinking oh she's got a man now yeah she's cool um and then that kind of turned into he had his own problems going on and i think he was quite isolated in those problems Mm -hmm. i'm the only person who knew about it Mm -hmm. at the time um so then he would take his frustrations out on me Mm -hmm. um so it became very toxic i think there was a part of me because he was quite aggressive in his behavior it made me feel quite protected at some points Mm -hmm. um and and that's what
0: a woman loves isn't it a man that can like protect them and out there like,
1: yeah out like oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, and there's still to a certain extent where I have to unlearn those kind of behaviors yeah. even now um I think I was thinking recently am I am I attracted to you know over masculine men mm-hmm. and why is that yeah um so I'm definitely unlearning that at the moment but um yeah he was quite you know I felt protected by him and I definitely fed into that yeah um, me being you know the vulnerable kind of young girl and him being quite hyper masculine yeah that was attractive to me yeah um so yeah I kind of it became to the point where <clears throat> he was taking his frustrations out on me um very aggressive but I mean, like throwing stuff around me um <clears throat> Do you think that was to
0: for him to put you on edge like the the whole throwing so obviously you s- obviously in the beginning that it wasn't a physical abusive relationship mm. but in some aspects throwing things and stuff is aggressive and is yeah do you yeah. know what i mean and it does make you as a f- as a female does make you feel like it does put you on edge
1: yeah very anxious just for the <laughs> i'm four for <foot> eleven so <laughs> <I just> <laughs> <laughs> you know, this guy's towering over me it's very 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 in- intimidating yeah um so yeah that was very scary um and then it kind of got to a point where it was starting to affect my mental health. Yeah. Where I was very anxious yeah. around him. Like, one minute we're good, next, next minute he's switching, then he's all right again. Was he saying, like, specific things that, that
0: would... Because I think sometimes when people think of emotionally abusive, they don't actually... Was it, like, specific things he would say? Or was it just that he would just manipulate certain situations yeah. to make you feel um a completely like gaslight for example for making you feel completely different way was mm. it, so was it like really specific or was it like
1: random at times um so it's very random so i feel like anything can kind of kick him off mm-hmm. at any point yeah um and definitely gaslighting me i think i'm trying to think now so the the first from from the ages of 14 to kind of 19 ish mm-hmm. it was very like i'm gonna find you i'm gonna hurt you very obsessed with me um and wow. then we actually so I eventually fled that, <laughs> fled that um, domestic violence relationship. How did relationship, you get so. help? Um, so uh, I'm someone I'm very resilient. Yeah. Um, and regardless if I'm in a situation, I yeah. know I eventually get myself out, out of it, yeah, Um, yeah. because of um, the relationship I had with my mom and my family that uh-huh. was quite difficult. Yeah. Um, and I was very reliant on him. Um. I actually use education as a way of getting out. Oh, I okay. went to uni.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I went okay. to uni.
1: It's funny, I actually didn't want to go. Um and Did when you I think- feel like that was your only way out. That was my only kind of escape at the time. Wow. Um, yeah, so this relationship literally cost me thousands of pounds. <laughs> when I think about it, in oh, tuition, fees. tuition yeah. <laughs> okay, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so uni is my escape, um, and I always knew I was gonna leave, but I just didn't know how mm-hmm. because you just feel so trapped in that moment and mm-hmm. so consumed by this little bubble of, of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, in many ways, you start to question yourself, like maybe I'm, a, I'm being a bit, you know, hostile towards him sometimes. Maybe I'm doing this. Maybe I'm doing that. Um, so yeah, so I eventually went to uni. And then we, um, we, I di- we didn't speak for years. Um, and I think at, at around the age of like 22, he came into my place of work and he was like, I need to apologize to you for the way I treated you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> very That's apologetic.
1: Yeah, very like, you know, I, sh- you should, I should have treated you like that, whatever, whatever. Um, and then long story short, we started seeing each other again and the abuse actually changed. So before he was quite obsessed with me, I'm going to find you. Then the second part of the abuse was very like dismissive, as in like, uh, you know, you, you go to work, you're earning nothing. Um, wow, so it's quite
0: d- belittling.
1: Yeah, and very much focused on my appearance as well. Um, you know, you're, you're not really that attractive, or there was always a problem with my skin, or wow. the way I dressed. Yeah. Um, and yeah for a very long time like i didn't even show my arms my legs mm. um my curly hair was a problem at one point for him really <laughs> yeah wow. didn't like the way my hair my hair was so it made me very paranoid yeah um within my appearance and again i managed to leave
0: um what do you what do you think drew you to him to go back because obviously you're, you said that obviously your escapism was uni mm. and obviously you felt i'm assuming you felt like yes i'm free of this and then obviously he came back and apologized and stuff. What kind of drew you to go back there, kind of knowing what you already knew? Mm. So what made you go back to him, knowing you already had kind of been free from him, yeah. and then you went back? Was it just the face of you thought, again, he had changed, and you just loved him, so you wanted to
1: just make it work? Definitely love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trauma, trauma. Um, I think it was, so from... When I left the relationship, when I was nineteen, I got into another relationship okay. with a, a guy who was, quote unquote, he was cool, he was decent. Yeah. Um, you know, men are very mediocre in general, so he was alright. <laughs> he was a nice guy. <laughs> That's <laughs> <No> funny. <shade. laughs> men yeah, are he, he was he was cool, but he's very not. He wasn't. How do I explain attentive? Right, like he was. He didn't really wasn't that interested in me. I didn't feel that way anyway. Yeah. So whereas this abusive partner was very much onto me, you know, it was very do this, do that, kind of cared about my well being. Yeah. Well, it felt like it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um. So w- that was missing that relationship. Um. And I was kind of I kind of got to a point where I was over it. Mm-hmm. But I was just staying there again because of like oh, but we can I can change you. I can yeah. help you. Even with the second guy. Um. And then yeah. So the. He came back again and apologized, and I thought, you know what, maybe we could make this work. Yeah. Um, and he was very manipulative, put the other guy down a lot mm-hmm. as well. Um, and yeah, I kind of jumped ships, which you know, n- now I look back, I regret. Yeah. Um, and I felt like that was very, you know, not very nice of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand why I done it, mm-hmm. um, and it was definitely rooted in low self-esteem.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and feeling like this person could fulfil me and protect me, um, and I guess from a very young age, that's what I've always been looking for. Yeah yeah wow interesting so
0: going towards going towards your mental health you kind of you kind of touched on it a little bit so how Mm. obviously i know that relationship obviously affected your your mental health negatively but in Mm. what ways was it just that you were constantly anxious did you have to seek help like how did it really affect your mental health yeah
1: so i think i was extremely stressed very 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 stressed yeah um i forgot to say this actually when i was in the um when actually rekindled with him again, mm-hmm. I was actually a domestic violence outreach worker. Right. Okay. Working with victims of domestic violence. Yeah. And we did this thing called a dash risk assessment. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of it. Yeah. yeah. So one day I was just I was just sitting there and I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm in an abusive relationship myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm hearing all these. Is that really how stories. you kn- did
0: you know? So sorry, going back. So you know when you was with him from 14 to 19, mm-hmm. did you know it was abusive? Or no, did no, you? no. Right. No, no. Like I so didn't understand only... what domestic abuse yeah, really was because right, okay. I grew up with
1: my my parents. Being quite abusive towards each other, yeah. but it was physical abuse. Right. So that okay. made sense to me. You know, you see that on these tenders, oh, that's that's violence. Yeah. But emotional abuse, you I don't feel like really see, Somebody kind know. of putting you down, you know, someone saying, Oh, you don't look nice. Yeah. It's kinda of like, does he care? Is it is it abuse or not? I d I didn't know. Yeah, okay, right. Um but Sorry, it's only through back to story yeah. about the <laughs> <disastrous>. So <laughs> when you said that, I was thinking, wait,
0: oh, so you didn't know. So now that actually makes sense. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I
1: didn't know. I really, really didn't wow, know. Wow, okay. Um so yeah, the yeah I was at work done a, ri- a risk assessment on myself and I was like oh I'm actually high needs um I'm at high risk as well wow because um, there was threats to kill there was definitely isolating me from my family very controlling like what I wore mm-hmm. um I'm trying to think what else is on the the risk assessment but yeah I think I read I think I scored about 25 wow okay. um, which is high, is high. it's yeah. high yeah 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 um so yeah very very stressed I feel like there was I was unable to cope with everyday life mm-hmm. but waking up was a struggle for me. Oh, um, yeah. I actually lived up with him at one point as well. Wow. Because <laughs> of the breakdown with my yeah. mom. Yeah, so I lived with him. Um, very anxious. I remember there was one particular time we were going to gym after um, work. He didn't work. I worked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then he had the cheek to say to me, I'll never work nine to five, like you earning nothing. But okay. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's fine, it's fine. We moved. Yeah, literally. But yeah, so um, we went to gym. One day after work, and I was creating the regimes to work out. Okay. Um, and I think we was doing leg day that day, yeah. but I bought the chest day instead. Yeah. Um, I don't even know why I'm working on my chest when I think about it. but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. I do not need to work on my chest. <laughs> but um, yeah, we was working on chest, and he just he sat me down. He's like, "Why can't you do anything right? What's wrong with you?" And I remember taking that so seriously. I walked out and I was crying my eyes out, mm. thinking, "What's wrong with me? Like, why did yeah. I bring? Why did I bring the wrong regime?"
0: And it's, do you know what? Yeah, your story actually like tugs at my heartstrings because mm. it's. I don't think people realise what words can do to somebody mm. and the fact that you're now even looking at yourself and thinking you can't do anything right just because you bought in a wrong, wrong regime for yeah. something and I know it wasn't just that that was probably like the, yeah. the tip of for him that was a really big thing So obviously he was at whatever emotions he was going through mm. but it just goes to show that words actually do mean something and words actually affect people and people yes. don't realise it yes yeah, they don't realise in everyday in in a, in a relationship as in like a lover like a husband and mm. wife boyfriend girlfriend relationship friendships family relationships words hurt Mm. and people sometimes i don't think really realize that and don't accept that words actually hurt things you say to people can affect them for years to come and people remember yeah yeah yeah. because you (laughs) literally remember word for word what he said and that happened what six years ago years ago seven years Years ago ago, yeah so yeah sorry yeah no no
1: words really do affect you there's even i was talking to my friend the other day and we was talking about um i remember i must have been like eight and my friend my friend's mum was like, oh, you're chubby. And she tugged at my <laughs> belly. That has stayed with me for life. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, Words, actually. For with. life.
1: Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he was very spiteful when it comes to words. Um, and very much felt comfortable bringing up personal information of mine in an argument, which I personally think is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never do that to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it made me very anxious. I think I would say Anxiety. Um, very low moods, kind of lack of drive to do anything, mm-hmm. and just low self esteem. Yeah. Um. Very much, you know, I'm unable to do this. I'm unable to do that. Yeah. Um. I feel like within my appearance, I felt really insecure. unattractive, insecure. Yeah. Um. Didn't. It's funny because he was so obsessed with the way I dressed, but I didn't have the confidence to try new things because I feel like he was constantly watching me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, with everything that I'd done. Yeah. Um. And I think there was definitely, after the relationship, even up to maybe a couple of years ago, and probably still now to a certain extent, a lot of like post-traumatic um, st- stress disorder as mm-hmm. well. Um, so I'd be very anxious if I was in the area that I, f- I feel like he might be in. Yeah. Um, sometimes smells. Um, okay, yeah, yeah that is
0: a big thing for PTSD. Yeah, it's quite it triggering. Smells,
1: yeah, smells and stuff like that. Um, I remember there was one time where... Um, I had to go kind of near his area for some project I was doing. Uh-huh. Um, and that morning I was going to work and I literally had a panic attack on the train yeah. at the thoughts of being in that same area as him. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, I couldn't breathe, and like, tears were just rolling down my eyes, mm. um, and I was just so anxious about entering an area that he could possibly be at. It's the kind yeah. of the fear of the unknown. That's what, and that's what anxiety yeah. is,
0: isn't it? Anxiety is the fear of not knowing. So you're scared about something you have no idea what you're scared about. But that, but that fear mm. alone can make you feel sick, make you not sleep, hurt your stomach. That can mm. mess up your whole eating pattern, your sleep regime, everything. Yeah. Anxiety is horrible. Yeah,
1: and I think that's what abusive they they feed off yeah it's the fear that they've installed in you because there's been loads of predicaments where i've been so anxious about and it actually doesn't happen yeah do you know what i mean but it's the fear so how
0: did you end up leaving
1: him the second time um it was my job (laughs) yeah so it was my job um so i'd done the risk assessment and i was like whoa okay i'm you know i'm a victim of domestic abuse Mm -hmm. um and then i referred myself for counseling with a fantastic charity called Women's Aid. Okay. um, And they offered 18 um, counselling sessions. um, And she just literally unpicked my childhood Mm -hmm. and how how I kind of got to this point, Mm -hmm. you know, feelings around anxiety. um, And just basically validated that I am a victim of domestic abuse. Yeah. um, And that was so helpful. Um, And as I said, again, I'm someone, I'm very emotionally resilient. So I knew I I would leave. Yeah. But I just had to kind of take maybe 50 steps back in order to move forward. Yeah. Um, and it's a journey. I'm still on that journey now. Mm-hmm. I do feel like, to a certain extent, it's it's far removed from me. I don't have, I don't think about him every day yeah. um, anymore. I'm not necessarily triggered by anything. Yeah, I think maybe twice a year, I might have an intense dream, um, right, which okay. is triggered by some other things. But just generally, I do feel in a, a much better space. And you're
0: a lot more in control.
1: Yes. That yeah. is so
0: good to hear. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> to be fair, you kind of like touched on my kind of next point, mm. which was, did you go to therapy? And obviously you said you did. Mm. Um, and how did you feel, allow yourself to start the healing process? Because the healing process can take forever in some cases. So how, I know you're probably saying you're still probably going through the healing yeah, process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, was your? would you say the, the first bit of it was going to counselling?
1: Oh, um, I think the step was kind of identifying that something's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's when I probably started the healing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... It was going to counselling and then sometimes having my relapses. So maybe, I don't know, social media stalking or something like that. (laughs) You know, just preying or whatever. I think I identified those as kind of like relapsing here and there. Uh Um, Yeah, and I think it just took me just accepting that I was a victim of domestic abuse. Uh um, Me seeking that help from people. Actually speaking to my friends. I think it was only about three years ago I spoke to my friend who I distanced myself away from and uh-huh. she was like, what? I thought you was just in a good, happy relationship and you just wasn't interested in me and I was like, no, I wasn't allowed to see you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's speaking shocking, to friends. when
0: you kind of bring that whole situation to your friends yeah, and stuff because yeah. they're like, wow. Yeah, and this is what I always say about, obviously I don't know if you guys posted your relationship on social media, but sometimes everything that goes on behind closed doors, you don't know.
1: You have no, no idea. Everything that yeah. glitters
0: isn't gold. Yeah. And that is literally the case. I mm. think, people need to hear that especially like the younger generation you think everything looks so good because you've got no everything that glitters isn't gold yeah yeah Literally. every relationship
1: is complicated everybody comes with their shit mm-hmm. um you know no one's perfect mm-hmm. there's always going to be stuff going on but exactly. it just i think it takes two kind of people aware of you know their childhoods their traumas their triggers to yeah. kind of bring that vulnerability to the table and then you can move on from Exactly. There. And I think yeah. that's
0: how a good relationship is when you both kind of acknowledge, do you know what? And this is the thing, people like how you said, everybody has something. Nobody mm-hmm. in this world doesn't have something. And I think that needs to be said, like everybody, whether it's a day-to-day thing or a yearly thing, there is something that not, everybody is not happy every single day. And if not. you are, then <laughs> let everybody Give me what you're given. Because, it, and I don't think yeah. it's humanly possible to be, skipping for joy 365 days of the no. year it doesn't make any sense to me because there are things that make you upset and sad but it's also about allowing yourself to understand that it's okay i can be sad i can be angry things happen yeah maybe it shouldn't have happened to me but it's happened and it's just how you go forward mm. with whatever is happening mm. so when you kind of realized about the situation did you feel like your mental health was taken seriously
1: oh um i think maybe amongst maybe my family Mm-hmm. Not particularly. I feel like my mom didn't really know how to handle my mental health at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um. Mom's very good job. Does a good job of you know saying, oh, maybe you're in an abusive relationship. Maybe you're depressed. But she doesn't follow up, follow up on that. Yeah. And um, which is quite yeah. difficult. But she's not a mental health worker. And, yeah. You know, we're cool now, so yeah, I forgive her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
0: um, parents sometimes just don't know what to say. Yeah.
1: I never actually seeked help from a GP. Okay. Um. Because I don't think it, my mental health was that severe at the time. Yeah. Um. But I do. I'm kind of a huge self, kind of love and self, you know, um, activist in the sense of like, I'll go for walks, I'll read self-help books. Um, yeah, I just do everything in my power to make myself feel better. I'm quite, yeah. I always look within myself as well, yeah. um, which is important. But um, I think overall just having compassion for yourself is, is so paramount. And um, not attaching that shame as well. I think a lot of women yeah. live in shame. Um, and a lot of people, we've ashamed of everything um, in life. Just loads of different things that happen to people. Exactly. But I think even me just speaking out felt so relieving. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was so helpful. So I think, yeah, that kind of detached the embarrassment away from the situation for me. And yeah. I kind of felt a bit free in that sense. Cool. So mm. would you say
0: that those are your coping strategies now? Like, so say if you ever feel yourself... Have you So after that, have you ever been in another relationship and have you ever seen similar signs? And, or do you feel like you just have to be on your own and just kind of <laughs> love yourself Because you know sometimes people go through a, like an abusive relationship and then mm. just don't want anything to do with men ever again. Or there's some other people who try and still believe in love. Because love is beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Love is love. I'm not i'm not a believer in hate love hate no that's no, not me no. i think love is beautiful i just think obviously it's when you find your person
1: yeah yeah we're um, relational beings as well like exactly. everyone wants love everyone we're like social sexual beings like everybody wants to you know be touched and loved exactly and be, you know, cared for um yeah so after uh, i'm trying to think that must have been like 2016. I met someone else yeah. um who was again great guy even though men are mediocre. Um <laughs> I love
0: that. Men are mediocre. That is
1: great. You <laughs> put him on pedestals too much. Um I love that men are mediocre. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it every
0: time men are mediocre.
1: They're mediocre. <laughs> yeah, so I I met a guy, we we were seeing each other for about maybe seven months. Um again made me feel really good about myself. Mm-hmm. I think he was needed. Um, on my journey to kind of self-love mm-hmm. um, but it got to a point where I thought you know what Ricky, you have to be by yourself Yeah, I have to face myself I can't keep hiding behind relationships yeah. I need to kind of spread my wings a little bit yeah. um, th- and that doesn't mean that you know I can't you know Day and stuff yeah mm-hmm. and also i think there's this whole narrative of you must love yourself first before you enter a relationship i don't necessarily believe in that i think you can be on a journey to loving yourself whilst being with someone but um yeah i just knew that i needed to be by myself and i, kn- I knew i needed to challenge myself yeah so i took a few years out mm-hmm. um and then last year i met someone great man i'm mediocre so um, and we just tag of this thing, yeah. 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 <laughs> and we recently just broke up about okay. a month ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, coming back to doing the work within, um, obviously breakups are they're quite triggering for me again because I said from my childhood I was like, you know, you know what, I'm going to make relationships work mm-hmm. no matter what. So that's still a narrative that I need to unlearn. Yeah. You know, if something doesn't serve you. You can part ways. Yeah. It doesn't have to be severe or drastic. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no abuse involved or anything like that. It just wasn't working. Yeah, it just wasn't working out for yeah. multiple of reasons. Um, but yeah, so I kind of, yeah, that was quite triggering for me because naturally when you break up, you start to question your, your self-worth. There's definitely triggers of like abandonment from my childhood. There's things like, am I not attractive enough? Am I not this? Am I not that? Yeah. And People don't realize in most breakups or relationships, it's not personal. Yeah, you know, people have their own insecurities going on, and I think sometimes women take on too much when it comes to breakups. Mm-hmm. You know, they think because
0: oh, we feel rubbish, don't we? Mm. And we feel like the man just there skipping along doing everyone's doing, away we're there crying and yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. and we just feel rubbish, okay? It's just rubbish. <laughs> the feeling is rubbish.
1: Yeah, I've gone through. Oh my gosh, I've cried my tears. You know, I've had my insecurities. I've overate. I've done all, all the above, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of accepting that the situation is not personal, yeah, and kind of using this as a learning opportunity to kind of discover why things are so triggering, for yeah. Me. Do you know, what? sometimes mm-hmm. in relationships, you know, your man might do something to you that might trigger something from your, your past, oh, yeah, yeah, but they have no clue, and yep. it's not they're not coming at you, you know, to be um horrible. They, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, Do you it's know about I mean?
0: open communication, isn't it? Just explaining that, Do you know what? This actually doesn't sit right with me because of X, Y, and Z. Because mm. this is what happened in my past relationship with X, Y, and Z. And this is why I feel the way I feel. Yeah. think people sometimes just shut down as soon as they're irritated or as mm. soon as they don't like something someone said. But in retrospect, you have to feel like if you haven't spoken to that person about it, it's different if you told that person that's different. Mm. But if you haven't spoken to that person about why you feel that way and why something's triggering... How would you expect them to know? They don't know. You need to be able, I think, especially in relationships, I think this is relationships, I think this is friendships, I think this is family relationships as mm-hmm. well. You need to be able to express how you feel and why you feel the way you're feeling. Yeah. Um, I think it's just really, really important to just kind of be open and honest with people. I think when you hide behind things, that's when problems occur. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. when... People are like, oh wow, okay, so this is how I feel, but I didn't tell them how I feel, and now we're in a situation where I don't think I can tell them how I feel. We're just going round and round in circles, <laughs> and it just and it's like, do you know this could just be stopped if someone just said something, if yeah. you just said something, if you're just a
1: little bit more vulnerable right. and kind of owning that. And again, as I said before, once you take the shame away from mm-hmm. the issues and that you have in your past, then you can come with your easier. chest. Yeah, you can say, you know I what, agree. I've been in an abusive relationship. Um, the household I grew up was was uh, abusive. This mm-hmm. is triggering for me, yeah. but if I if I never expressed that and this guy, I don't know, threw his phone on the floor and then I'm fainting, having a panic attack, he's gonna figure, what's wrong for of this girl? <laughs> Do you know what I Yeah, because he, yeah, he doesn't know. He has, yeah. You don't know, you don't know what people are going through, you don't it's know what true. triggers people, but you have to express that. I agree. Um, so yeah, obviously the breakup that I'm currently going through is, is difficult. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm using this as a learning opportunity to maybe understand myself a little, more, a yeah. little bit more better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even last week i done a... Do you know what a genogram is? No. Um, It's kind of like a family tree. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it, it allows you to um explore common themes within your family. Right, okay. Um, yeah, so... I have um, to do that with my family. Yeah, definitely. Like, you don't realise that, you know... Oh, I don't know. Substance misuse, um, domestic violence, mental health. It all trickles down to yeah. your family and to you. And then it will affect the relationship that you have. And then when you have children, that will affect your children. I think okay, sometimes... Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, people think... You know, I'll have kids and I'll just be a perfect parent. No, you're going to... Yeah, you're going to mess up. Mess up that child at one point, yeah. you know, if you don't face your demons. I agree. Um, So, yeah, I've done that and I kind of unpicked, you know what, maybe um, the ab- I'm feeling really abandoned at the moment. Maybe yeah. that's because my, my dad left when I was eight years old. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's not actually personal to this kind of relationship. I yeah, have, This is triggering for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just kind of seeing that down on paper was really helpful for me. Um, Sounds good, actually. Yeah, I, I might look at that myself. Yeah, definitely do it. Definitely
0: do it. So my last kind of question mm. to you before we kind of, because we run out of time, mm. is what advice would you give to a woman who has been who is currently right now in a similar situation somewhere out there that is listening to this podcast like what would you say Mm. to that woman to Mm. kind of help her whether it be physical abuse emotional financial whatever the case may be in a relationship what would you what would you say to her
1: um i think first of all uh be compassionate with yourself don't beat yourself up um i think accept where you can't really are um Seek help where you can call the police yeah. and call um, women's aid. There's loads of charities out there. If you type in domestic violence, yeah. abuse help or whatever on, in Google, there'll yeah. be loads of help for that. Um, don't be afraid to relapse. Um, I don't know what the statistic is. I think it might take like six to eight times, um, six to eight attempts for a woman to leave an abusive relationship before she eventually leaves. Yeah. Don't be afraid to relapse. Sometimes I personally got to a point where, oh, you know, I've, I've gone back, fall into his arms again. Let me just chill here no you need to keep going yeah um speak to friends and family people that you trust mm-hmm. um and even again if you if you are you know if you have a friend who's in an abusive relationship don't take their ways personally yeah be patient with that person i think sometimes when i was in an abusive relationship sometimes my friends took it personally like when i used to ghost them or whatever i'll come mm-hmm. back don't take that personally just be of support for them constantly. yeah um so, yeah, seek help, be compassionate with yourself, don't be afraid to relapse. Um, yeah, I can't think so anymore. <laughs> Would you also tell yeah. them
0: to kind of go in? Obviously, with your seeking help, you're talking about like therapy, counseling. Yeah, therapy, GP? counseling.
1: Yeah. Um, there is There's an app called. Oh my gosh, what's it called again? I have to get back to you on that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll say it first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a brilliant app that you can use um, to seek um live help oh okay um, yeah if you're in an abusive relationship yeah and uh, which is really really helpful oh that's cool mm. so
0: my last last question for you is what's what's what are you do now what's your job now <laughs> what's going
1: on um so i'm currently an anti-human um trafficking advocate wow okay yeah so i mainly work with predominantly women who are sex trafficked to the country oh wow okay okay wow yeah right. <laughs> and i'm also um a relationship psychotherapist trainee yeah. So what does that entail? So that so it's a, we use a psychodynamic um, approach which basically is um the approach is to focus on childhood traumas mm-hmm. and unconscious thoughts okay. um and how that affects your current relationships. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's so very very interesting. That sounds interesting. We <laughs>
0: might we might have to get you back on another yes, episode to kind mind. of explain how that even works. So in terms of like child traffic like what you're doing that and trafficking how is that a trigger for you? being in your past relationship so how do you kind of cope with that as well so if I'm assuming working obviously you must see some and hear some horrible things mm. that happen to women so how do you kind of cope with mm. that
1: well I've been kind of doing this work for a long long time okay um because I've worked I think I worked with domestic victims of domestic abuse for about three years then I worked with troubled fa- troubled families wow, um, okay. maybe like three four years again yeah and I'm doing this at the moment um I think I use my own therapy and, like, supervision to kind yeah. of express how some things trigger me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is helpful. But I know that I'm making a change and I can relate to these women. So, that keeps me going.
0: That is mm. absolutely <laughs> amazing. And we are definitely going to get you on the next episode. So kind of To please yeah. explain. What did you say? Relationship psychotherapist.
1: Relationship psycho
0: yeah (laughs) wow that's really interesting i just want to say a really big thank you to for coming and sharing and expressing your story i know it can be difficult kind Mm. of like reliving certain traumas and certain experiences but you were excellent thank you very much thank you so (laughs) much um like has said there are a number i will signpost them underneath um the podcast or even on instagram underneath when i present this Um, there are a number of women's charities obviously if anything that has been said in this episode is triggering um, please go and see your, see your see your GP, seek therapy, do whatever you can to try and make your mental health better. And yeah, I just want to say a really big thank you again, Ricky. You thank was you. amazing, um, you. and we are definitely going to get you on the show. Please, perfect. <laughs> thank you everybody for listening to Light Space.